This is K-12 Tech Talk. K-12 Tech Talk. The podcast by K-12 Techs for K-12 Techs. Real conversations, real arguments, and real banter on trending K-12 technology topics and issues. Live from the NTP studios, this is the K-12 Tech Talk podcast. I am Josh, little under the weather tonight, but I am not COVID positive. Uh, with me, as always, is Chris. Hello. And Mark. Hello. Who I believe Mark gave me this plague of whatever it is I have, uh, but we'll just leave it there. Sure did. Uh, did you guys so, drank after each other? Oh, yeah. That, plus other things. Um, so NTP, they are our, our studio sponsor for the next good while. Uh, talk to David today on the phone. David uh, was telling me about his vacation cabin. I didn't know he had a vacation cabin. Whoa. Yeah. I don't know if that was like a, hey, come use my vacation cabin. You know, you can do the podcast from there. Uh, but he's. it sounds like he's got a pretty cool place down on Table Rock Lake. So, um, yeah, it was good to talk to David. Apparently, you guys are reaching out to him. And by you guys, I don't mean Chris and Mark, uh, because why would they? Uh, I mean, listeners, listeners are contacting David. David has been absolutely astonished with the number of people that are contacting him about sock as a service and the Sentinel one uh, product line. So what NTP can do for you is they can sell you Sentinel ones uh, top tier product. And not only that, but they can be your sock as a service so they can manage the Sentinel one installation. They can watch logs from mirrored port traffic that's uh, destined for your file firewall bound for the outside. They can also watch your Active Directory logs. They can watch your firewall logs. So that that sock as a service is all of that and Sentinel One. And uh, I guarantee, if you're up for renewal with, you know, if it's uh, Crowd Slaps or not Crowd Slaps, what uh, Group Slaps or uh, Cold Dog or another product like that, that David could probably save you money. I've said it before. I'll say it again. Uh, it's under $50 a month per client. And uh, I'm sorry, $50 a year per client. And when I say $50, I don't mean $49.99. If you're from St. Louis, you'll get that reference. Um, so yeah, reach out to David. His email address, dren, W-R-E-N, at ntp-inc. And I apologize for the nasally voice in that ad. Yeah, you sound bad. Do you like Emo's Pizza, Josh? Uh, I have not liked Emo's Pizza since um, they cha something changed. Back when trans fats became bad and it was hip mm. to remove trans fats, something changed with their recipe, and I have not liked it since. Mark, you ever had Emo's Pizza? I, I don't know how we got to this. Is this related to NTP? Was it what, St. Louis. St. Louis Pizza. Oh, okay. You ever had, how do you cut up your bagel? Just in half? Yeah, no, not like bread slices. No, Mark, bread what? slice. It'll change your world. You guys have Panera over that way, Mark. We sure do. Well, it's actually called St. Louis Bread Co. We the OGs. Yeah. Okay. When you go, the That's... next time you go into Panera, Mark, tomorrow on the way to the office, write this buy, down. Buy your people bagels. I I guarantee <sighs> they need bagels. And and ask for the bagels to be bread sliced, not yep. bagel sliced. It will change your world it will bread slice bagels cream cheese absolutely do it okay all right and listen to nelly 
and listen to Nelly while you're eating bread sliced bagels. Yes. Got it. Drinking drinking a Budweiser. Um, but that's only after hours. I, there's no cannabis. I can't think of any other herbal things from St. Louis. Um, so I, I have a quick story. Let me get my quick story out of the way before I have to cough or something. Please. Uh, so yesterday, I I'm I legit was sick yesterday. I had to go home. Start the timer, day. Mike. Mark, oh, shut up. You know okay. what? I never take a sick day. I took a half sick day yesterday. I never take a sick day. I'm home. I end up falling asleep on the couch, and I wake up and I have text messages from my guys. So a uh, teacher had gotten smished, and it was someone pretending to be our superintendent asking for gift cards. So I emailed this teacher. I said, hey, I'd, I'd like to some screenshots. I want to see the phone number, blah, 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 blah. So she sends it all to me. And then at the end of the email, she sends it to me. She says, you know what? She goes, I have to admit, I thought this was you trying to get me because, you know, we do phishing tests. She said, I was really mad at you for a little bit. <laughs> and I'm like, well, yeah, it's not the first time someone's been mad at me for doing something like that. But that wasn't me. So, uh, yeah, that was kind of funny. I feel like you're really hip with the smishing. Yeah. Hip, hip with the smishing. Yeah, like that's like saying like no cap and stuff. No, no, it's not. I don't even know what no cap means. <laughs> Mark, do you know what no cap no cap means? Sure do. Oh, whatever. No cap. No cap. All right, Mark, get us some news. <laughs> uh, Josh, do you want to actually define smishing? Because I feel like that's an important step here. Oh, sure. SMS phishing. So it was yeah. someone that was receiving text messages. You didn't think I used the word right, did you, Mark? No, I, I I knew you did. I just thought, you know, it's a phrase that you don't hear too often. So, so yeah, SMS phishing. It was uh, text messages that a teacher was receiving on her personal cell phone that appeared to be from our superintendent, and they were not. No cap. No cap. Get on up here, newsboy Mark. I'll put I'll put my cap on here. Well, you were ready for that. St. Oh, Louis no. Blues. Oh, man. yeah. Yeah, the game starts in like uh, 23 minutes. You guys better hurry up. Mark's in the all newsroom. Right, right. If you're watching our our YouTube stream, you can see Mark in the newsroom right now. It's nice. Yeah. Nice. It's Good been redone. Right. They redid it uh, for Christmas. Let's let's start with some cybersecurity. So is this K12 cybersecurity or just cybersecurity? K12 cybersecurity. Okay, improvement. I know. I'm getting better. I know last week was rough. Uh, <laughs> but but okay, going back to last week, I told a long story if you didn't listen, but please tell me you, you retold that story to somebody. No, I did. Yeah, I got Chris. Josh, no cap. I did. All right. Uh, there is, there's always, there's always a story about every week, either a school district or a company getting hit. This week, it was a company. Uh, there's a company called Raptor Technologies. Now, do you guys, well, I guess I shouldn't ask if you use Raptor Technologies from what I'm about to say, but Raptor Technologies is a company that does um, sort of school visitor emergency planning software. Um, I'm not too familiar with them, but I, I definitely have heard of like Raptor visitor management uh, type tools. So they're, they're in that area. Um, well, they had uh, a large amount of files stored on a server that was unfortunately publicly accessible. Now, they found out about this when somebody reached out to them. I may have even been a reporter had reached out to them and said, hey, uh, I found these files. You need to do something about it. So 
it's kind of a tough one. They know that these files were exposed publicly on the internet. They don't have any evidence, though, that it was a breach. So good news is that it was not necessarily a breach or an attack, and there's no evidence that this information was stolen or used inappropriately. However, the bad news is it, it's almost worse that it was the uh, the fault of the company who just kind of mismanaged their files and put it on a publicly accessible location. Yeah, so, and there's an article in Wired. I sent you guys the link over text a few minutes ago. Yeah. Uh, kind of getting into what it was, AWS buckets, I think, that were exposed. Yeah, yeah. So in that exposure was uh, obviously some uh, personal information, some sensitive information, but also uh, really sensitive emergency planning documents. So evacuation plans, floor plans, uh, medical documents, details of students who pose a threat on campus you know the really yeah. really sensitive stuff that you definitely do not want to have uh, have out on the street so not a very very good uh breach to be notified about uh, and unfortunately more than four million school records were included yeah we use raptor but we only use it for visitor management we don't uh do any student profiling or anything um the interesting thing we got that email from raptor yesterday and they said they would send send a second email if our data was some of the data that was exposed. And I, to my knowledge, we have not received that. Look, I'm wearing my cap now, so you can stop saying. I like that. No cap. It's good. On K twelve Tech cap. Pro, somebody posted a copy of the letter, uh, and I think it's worth saying. So I'm going to say it. If you have questions or concerns, if you use Raptor, they say email Raptor Security Info at RaptorTech.com. All right. Now, uh, the next two articles are more around kind of social media and children's protection online. So uh, not, uh, you know, too related to K-12, but we all deal with social media, with Facebook, Instagram, all those kinds of things. Facebook came out with an update this week uh, that says they're going to make some changes to their platform. Uh, moving forward, it's gonna, this is a new feature that's going to be coming out pretty soon. If a student posts something negative related to self-harm, suicide, nudity, or eating disorders, uh, that post will not be shown to students, to other uh, users under the age of 18. So that actually, that those posts will be suppressed from their feeds, uh, which I think is great. The thing that I was thinking about, though, is um, at least, you know, in my experience, oftentimes when a student is uh, expressing any sort of self-harm or, or, you know, suicidal thoughts. It's often friends, uh, their peers who are, who are the ones to alert. So, you know, in my head, I'm kind of thinking, I, this is a hard one to see that a student could be posting a, a call for help. And actually that post is not being seen or shown to anybody. So I think I'm, I'm right. really curious to see how this is done in a way that will, will continue to keep the kids safe, even if you're suppressing this from other kids. Yeah. Cause they're not saying like, and because we're suppressing it, this is the next thing we're doing to make sure that someone is aware of that. Right, right. I mean, in theory, if you know the student's location, you know that their age, you know that there's self-harm, there should be some sort of alerting mechanisms. But, but you know, if you're meta, that's a, that's a big job and that's a big liability as well. So. Uh, and uh, the reason why this one is relevant to K-12, I know you guys are going to push me on this one, uh, though, is that Meta is also facing lawsuits, not just from states, but also school districts. Even Seattle Public Schools is uh, suing Meta 
the parent company of Facebook and Instagram saying that they're ignoring the negative impact of their platforms on children's mental health. Get them. Yeah, get them, but it's going to be interesting to see that play out. I don't, I mean, it's great they're doing that, but I don't, it'll be interesting. Hmm. And then the last bit of news for the week, this one just came out uh, a few weeks ago and they're starting to see more and more details. The FTC, the Federal Trade Commission, is proposing changes to, and I know you're going to correct me when I say this, but COPA or COPA. COPA, Cabana. C-O-P-P-A, which is the Children's Online Privacy Protection Rule. I say COPA. Uh, COPA? I say COPA too. Uh, And they are putting in, now COPA really adheres to uh, companies, right? Even Meta and, and those folks who are are targeting or, or holding the data to, of, of children on the age of 18. There are some changes, though, that are relevant to schools. Um, a couple of things that I'll just kind of highlight really quickly, though, is around nudging, you know, limits on nudging kids to stay online. Like you think of if you're on a news feed, the infinite scroll that keeps kids going. Um, uh, there's prohibition on, uh, 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 there's conditioning, uh, a child's participation in the collection of online information or personal information, but related to schools, uh, and let me actually get to this. And this is something that I, I never thought that they would have to put in this rule, but they are now, um, prohibiting commercial use of children's information when that information has been collected from a school. So schools, as you're authorizing ed tech uh, companies, and let me just take a step back here. Uh, If you're a child using an online website, you have to have your parents' permission. Now, if you're in a school, the school can give permission to that company for the data. So that's why, you know, you have all these different online products. You're the authorizer to allow that company to have it. Schools are no longer allowed to authorize under the new rules no longer allowed to authorize edtech providers to collect, use, and disclose students' personal information outside of the school-authorized educational purposes. In other words, you cannot authorize a company to use student data to advertise or for commercial purposes. I love it. Love the idea of it. The enforcement and the management of that is going to be a nightmare from a from a school standpoint, Mark, you know, again, we come into this discussion of big school, small school kind of discussion. I know for me, I'm the guy that has to vet those applications and those requests for uh, plugins and stuff like that. Since Google did the whole third party thing, that process has gotten amazingly better because, you know, you don't have teachers running out and having their kids do whatever just willy nilly like those yeah. are all denied until you approve them now. But even still, uh, I guess this this really comes into play even more with DPAs. Like your DPAs now are going to actually have teeth, I guess, is the better way. I don't know if it's, it's interesting. I don't think this will actually impact schools and districts. I actually think it's really just going to impact the companies. My guess is that they're burying these clauses in their terms of service and saying, well, you've authorized us to use the service to use the student's data, so we're going to use it for commercial purposes. I think this rule would change the the providers. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it COPA only affects the provider, but still that whole process, I don't yeah. know. It's, it's going to be interesting to see it shake out. I don't know. Yeah, I would hope that 
I don't have to worry about some of those DPAs because it's already in with the company. Instead of me fighting the company to add sentences, this is going to twist their arm a little bit that they're already providing the right sentences. But can the company still claim ignorance that the kid's under the age of 13? Like that, that's where, sure. you know, if there's not an age verification process, how are they going to know how old the kid is? I mean, I think as a K-12 organization, it'll be, it should be black and white where you're just going to assume that everybody's under the age of 18 uh, and you're collecting the data for that student. But I don't know. Yeah, but there's, be interesting. there's websites that are not educationally focused that have COPA statements in their terms of service. Right. I, I Yeah. Like I said, it, it's going to be, I'm all for it, but it's going to be interesting. Yeah. Uh, there's one other thing too. I'm just I'm personally more thrilled about this one of all the changes in here. There's a prohibition um, on collecting more information, more personal information that is reasonably necessary for the child to participate in the game. So, in other words, if a ch if a child is going to be participating in um, an online game and it's like, oh, if you enter this information about yourself or you enter your zip code, uh, that has nothing to do with the game. There is there is not any sort of value to that or there's nothing that's going to change the nature of that game that's it's prohibiting a company from from doing that from collecting data uh in order to kind of boost their uh their their revenue or, or their sales so i think this is a great step um i do think though that in the united states we have a very long ways to go in terms of protecting student data uh, but i think it's a it's a good step in the right direction yeah i agree it's uh it's not GDPR, but uh, I like you said, it's a it's a step in the right direction. Um, another piece of news: if you're running a Fortigate or anything Forta OS or Forta Proxy, there is a new HA vulnerability. You need to update if you're running seven point two code. You need to update as soon as possible. Uh, Mark, any other news? I'm out of the news. All right. And by the way, it. Fortinet is a proud sponsor of the K12 Tech Talk podcast. You can email Chris Illingworth at Fortinet Podcast at Fortinet.com. I was going to mention the, the nifty screens behind Mark. I don't think those are Rise Vision screens, but Rise Vision, if you're interested in doing uh, digital signage in your schools, Rise Vision can help you out with that. And since Google was silly again and got rid of uh, Google Sign Builder. I think Rise Vision is even more apropos to school districts right now. Chris, how can we find out more about Rise Vision? Yeah, Google Sign Builder, by the way, like we have used that for years. It's like, I mean, Google's done with it, but it's still working. It's got not very much time left uh, before it's going to kick the can. Uh, kick the can. Is it going to kick a can? Keel over? What's the word? What's the phrase? It doesn't kick, matter. Kick the bucket. Kick the bucket. That's what I was kick, looking for. Kick the can is a, that's our family game. Um, you ever play kick the can? What? No, Mark. Uh, Josh plays spin the bottle. I wasn't born in the <laughs> 1920s, Mark. Anyway, Rise Vision. Uh, think about your TVs, uh, several TVs throughout <laughs> your building. Just think through this scenario. Uh, we're used to putting up quick announcements uh, what's for lunch, that kind of thing. But Rise Vision can help you put out emergency notifications. So you're doing tornado drill or there is a tornado. They can pump that out to that TV quickly. Uh, they can show emergency preparedness like your safety plans. Uh, they can show 
hazard awareness. You know, this bathroom's closed, blah, blah, blah. Uh, they can show incoming weather. Even if you want your staff to be looking at occupational health stuff, uh, when was the last uh, incident? Uh, maybe of a, a custodian tripping on a water bucket, whatever, I don't know. Uh, they can help out with that stuff through the TVs as well. They have a lot of great templates uh, that you can use uh, to get you up and running. So check out Rise Vision. Yeah, in Missouri, they're just called NATOs. They're not, or Naders. They're not called Naders. Naders. They're not called tornadoes. We don't pronounce the whole thing in Missouri. And if you have to have a hazardous sign out because a bathroom is shut down, that was my idea. That's a serious bathroom issue. Hey, I got a, <laughs> I got a question for. You. I'm going to go off script a little bit here. Um, oh. but something you said here, um, around displaying emergency notifications on TVs and displays. I was in a meeting this morning about uh, we have a new building going up, open up the summer, and the architects were describing um, how emergency notifications are not going to be done through the PA anymore on this in this new building. How do you guys handle? I mean, you're in Nader country, so how do you handle emergency notifications across your campuses? I hate to say it, but through the PA. Oh, that's how we, we do it. We do not use PA like we used to. Uh, we have a we have an app that faculty staff have on their personal cell phones if they choose to opt in, uh, as well as a program on all of our Windows computers uh, that sounds off a loud alarm uh, through all of our computer speakers. Uh, and between those two things and they grab the PA, uh, that's how we get the word out uh, that to our faculty, staff and students. That application is not a sponsor of the show, but isn't that application free or was free at one time? Yeah. Can we, I think we could say it. Yeah. I mean, it's free. It's, it's crisis go. Uh, and they do have a paid version that does more bells and whistles. Like what's that word when you get all the kids back together? Re reunification. reunification. Yeah. Uh, it can sync with your rosters, that kind of stuff. But uh, we just use the free version. Uh, you know, you navigate through the tricky part of you're asking faculty staff to put something on their phones, but this is a safety thing. People, for the most part, want to be involved in safety. So we haven't, our school district hasn't had pushback on uh, that request. Uh, PA still used, but the computers all go nuts um, when, when that alarm goes off. And it lets you like, you know, person can be out in the middle of the football field when they see the tornado coming uh, and go ahead and push the button on their cell phone and then it's going to everywhere or gym teacher that doesn't have access to whatever uh, easily to get to it. Her cell phone goes off or the computer goes off, you know, those hard to reach places that might not have easy access to a PA. It's really helped that out. Why don't you give the gym teacher a computer? We do. We do. But, you know, they're throwing the dodgeball and we're like, hey, can you not hold the laptop while you're throwing a dodgeball? Yeah. That so becomes... that was that was our conversation this morning. So we're on this building meeting with all the different safety folks and school police and architects. And somebody brought up like, well, how loud is the PA system? Because they're, they're in gym and they go into lockdown mode. And the architect said, no, they're not using the PA. Uh, there will be these amber strobe lights and a, like an LED screen. That says safe mode wow. in your classroom. Yeah. And so everybody's kind of like, well, wait a minute. We're not used to this. This is something new here. That's sweet. And and they said this is actually it's better because it's connected to the fire alarm system, which is inspected, what, three, four times a year. 
So he's like, you don't have the risk of your emergency notification system going down, going the way of, you know, software updates being oh. missed on your PA system or your network going down. So they, they were preferring that it be a, a fire alarm system. So we actually have the, uh, the yeah. fire department checking on it. That, and that makes sense because there's been a couple discussions uh, that I've been a part of lately that have there's the discussion has revolved around new PA systems being IP based uh, speakers and mm-hmm. call buttons. If your network does go down, you know, you lose power, a like bad storm yeah. comes through and there is a tornado in it. You lose power. Are you losing part of your intercom system when that happens? And if it is, is that your your emergency communication part too? Uh, I I actually really like that idea, Mark. Especially if it's segregated off. You know, fire alarms typically are on their all yeah. of their own wiring, all kinds of stuff. Uh, that makes a lot of sense, right? Will... Like your your tornadoes are coming, and you're staying in the server room to make sure the network stays up. <laughs> you <laughs> you're, laugh. You're, you're holding the cable together. You laugh at a at a former job. We had all these emergency operation <laughs> things, and and one of them was was code black, and I think that was tornado. And and our responsibility was to go to the server room and keep things operational in a code black. <laughs> what did I... you do? <laughs> what are you doing there? Stare at the lights. Are they still blinking? Are we still alive? Actually, um, was... I I gave pushback on. Like, hey, let's ditch the PA altogether. Like, I think the thing should be layered. Like, can we still use the PA, but can we also use the cell phone? Can we also use the Windows computer stuff? Um, I think if you're adding in TVs and and what you're talking about, Mark, like add some more layers and hopefully it can be automated. Because we we run into as well then. So you put a substitute teacher, and this is going to play out anyway uh, to some degree when a when something bad is happening and you have substitute teachers, they don't know the protocol. They don't know the procedure maybe as well uh, as what the regular teachers are. But in the, in the case of like the windows computer, like there's pieces with this that you have to sign in. So you have to navigate through again, additional training with the sub. Um, but again, it's so loud. Every computer is going off with this noise. Um, I think it's going to be okay, but I still, it's me getting old. I still like PA. Yeah. I don't like the reliance, like we're talking about, the reliance on technology, on networking to be up. Yeah. Uh, in the case of something bad going down. We just had send a mix. kid just send a kid up and down the hall yelling, There's a tornado coming, there's a tornado coming. <laughs> <laughs> then it'll be a nice phone call from that kid's parent. Why did you make my child run down the hallways and yelling <laughs> instead of locking down? In Missouri, it's a regular thing. Like that that's a that's a duty, a classroom duty that is assigned with privilege really? and honor. Yeah, like when you walk every everybody like it's at the beginning of the year, they've everybody come in and like it's similar like when you jump on a plane mark and you're sitting by the side seat. Yeah. Like, will you be the person? Every teacher will ask one student, Will you be the runner? Really? No. We call we call them tornado runners. No, that's not real, Mark. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, tornadoes are just so foreign to me, so I I can't. <laughs> Will you run for us? <laughs> earthquakes. We do it. We do it for earthquakes too. We call them Quakers. Yeah. No, we, we, we no that's a religion, Chris. You can't do that. <laughs> All I, right. I, I don't know. I don't know. All right. Well, let's move on to listener emails. Since I already stole the listener email story, that was my smishing story. You I have sure another did. story, and I'm going to wrap myself out on this story. So the other day, I guess it was Monday, uh, 
we've had an inter, a school intranet page that our staff devices are supposed to point to that kind of houses internal news. Mark, you probably have that, right? Sure do. So uh, it, it has been set as the homepage and the default startup page for a year and a half or so. One of the things that I had had not been able to get working was uh, on new tab, when someone hits a new tab, for it to open. And I haven't really put a whole lot of thought into it. Well, Monday, I was chasing a different problem. I'm like, oh, look, this setting probably would fix the new tab problem. So I, I changed this one setting. And sure enough, the dam breaks. And now whenever you hit new tab, uh, the internet page shows up. You would have thought... I was kicking small animals and yelling at small children by doing that, that we received a number of calls and tickets very upset that the new tab page had changed because they couldn't get to Google. They didn't know how to Google search. Um, so my question to you gentlemen is, well, Mark, I don't know if Chris has an internet page. Do you on your new tab, do you have it set to new tab? Or yes. are you an animal like me and set it to your internet page? Uh, you're a monster. I Right. If you're going to mess with my new tab page, um, yeah. I'm going to have some words for you. Yeah, I figured. Well, you no. are a former. Why? why I, I'm not. Okay. You have, you have a page that's internal. Yeah. And that's your homepage. Yes. For your faculty and staff. Yes. For students too or just faculty no, staff? No, faculty staff. And on that page are district resources or news or what? Yes, both. And this is in Chrome? Yes. And then when they click, just to open a new tab, generally speaking. Before before Tuesday, it was the Google Chrome new tab. Here's the yes. last six pages you went to. Here's a page that you go to a lot. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Well, now and now it's, it's what? Now it's that intranet page. <laughs> It's it's Josh's personal family photo album that he accidentally. My pictures from Alaska. I did put a couple pictures from Alaska up there. <laughs> did you really? No. Did oh. you mean to do that, or you or? Yes. It was an accident. No, I meant to do it a year ago and couldn't get the damn setting to work right. It just happened mm. that I found another setting Monday that fixed it. Hmm. Or broke it. Well. Fixed. I'm it. I'm clicking to see what in the world you're talking. Why and okay. Why, why, why so, do you want to do that? So the rationale behind this is we have a very big problem of, t of, of computers not getting rebooted. Like right now, if I ran an uptime report, I would find probably close to 100 machines or more that have been up for 60 days or more. Okay. So the only time before Monday when I made this setting change, the only time when any when when a faculty member saw that intranet page is the very first time they launched Chrome on that machine. So if that machine's been up 60 days and Chrome has been open, they've seen it once in 60 days. Mm -hmm. So now by doing a new tab, how many times throughout the day do you load a new tab? Now you're going to see current information and resources. Yeah, I understand, I think. Mm -hmm. I, I know I, I'm a monster, but yeah. yeah, I'm trying to find. Is it under Chrome settings? Is it a user and browser setting? Yeah, it's a user setting, a group policy, Google Chrome. 
uh, this, Chrome setting and then startup and homepage settings. I definitely, mean. Chris, something you should play with right now. Yeah. No, oh, Chris, yeah, I didn't. Yeah, so, yeah. okay. So as, as calls started coming in and people were complaining, I don't know how to get the mail and I don't know how to get to drive. <laughs> um, I started making, I pushed out district favorites and I put, Oh boy. Mail and drive and infinite mm. campus into those district favorites, which then if people already had, stuff. if people already had favorites, it pushed some of their favorites off the screen, which was another mm. I'm a monster. You have. I don't. I'm not with. I. You need to revert that and apologize. No, not happening. <laughs> and that's that's Wait, from you a, haven't you you didn't revert the change. No. Well, oh, we'll, we'll talk about oh. that. We can talk about that after the show. I. I oh, we'll talk wow. about that after the show. Wow. Yeah, yeah, things are different out in Missouri. I was ready to fall on my sword this morning and was told up, not to. So up in New England, it is my browser, my choice. We don't mess <laughs> with <laughs> other browsers. Whew. You don't okay. do you even set home pages? No, my browser, my choice. Serious. Gonna, so yeah. how do you get people to go to your internet page? Just click the bookmarks. It, Right. And but can okay well for what okay is, for kids what is so kids, special on that page? It's our PR person posts content there. Like we have, I'm not going to get into it. There's there's internal communications on that page. Yep. Like and I you guarantee don't want to treat your faculty staff as if they have maturity level to go out of our way to read this information like they're supposed to. The more ways so they you're are spoon feeding it to them, the more ways they are presented with information, the better. I hear you a little bit, but yeah, you're on an island. Yeah. I, I probably am, uh, but there's at least one other person with me, so I am feeling okay. I was just cool. looking. I force our homepage, and then I force as the second thing. I force the Google. So just like force... we, I open up. I open up two tabs. Sure. Every. Yeah, so Chris, just try try it change, out right now. Yep, change your new but, tab screen. But don't do it in the staff OU. Like, do it like the the very very top, top level, like where there's and the, no and the, and the kids. I force clever as the third. I think something like yeah, that. We force we push out clever, but yeah, Chris, do it in the top level one where there's no I, accounts. I'm clicking. I'm I'm in. I'm I could do it right now. Well, that way because yeah. it doesn't affect anyone, right, Mark? Because it's at the top and there's no exactly at the top. exactly because when you click on that, you don't see any users there. Right, right. They're oh, all in the guys. staff OU. So click yeah. on that. And do that right now. And guys, do, do, I. I got Google Admin certified a while back. I'm not really falling for your antics. Yeah, right. just change the new tab screen, Chris. That's all you got to do. And then and then push favorites. <laughs> Actually, it would be a fun experiment. And you push Chris, favorites. Yeah, and Chris, we push favorites. Set this now, and let's see if we can get the first complaint from somebody in your district before Within the 15. show's over. Yeah, before the show's <laughs> over. I need to get out of this before something bad goes down. Yeah. And all no right, one right. asked you to push favorites. No, you just I decided didn't. to go ahead and do that since because, you're on a roll. Right, because they were saying they couldn't, they didn't know how to get the mail. <laughs> yeah. So I I was solving the problem. I was so, solving the problem. What you push favorites? Like you yeah. think that everybody else should have all of your favorite pages? Not my favorites. And by doing so, did you hear the part that it pushed their favorites to the side? Yeah, dude. <laughs> it's there's district favorites. Uh, there's district favorites <laughs> all the way far left. And then, you know, if they already had some on the book bookmark bar, they just got moved down a notch. I did have a principal gripe at me today that he had some that got kicked off the screen. Wow. You need to, 
New Year, New Josh needs to take a look back at what was working in 2023. Yeah. It's working. (laughs) (laughs) To the one other person that agreed with you for that. You said it all quick at the beginning, and I thought like, oh, yeah, whatever. I'm with you. Cool, page. No, No, I'm not with you. No, no. You you just need to... (laughs) You just no. need to do it, gentlemen. No, there are many other decisions I would make before that. Meh. Pate would do it. Did you get more complaints about that than MFA? Oh, yes. he's thinking. Yes. You got <laughs> in a shorter amount of time, too. Right. <laughs> like the whole like what 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 was it? We gave like four months for MFA. I probably had two people really complain hard. Right. I've probably had 10 to 15 complain hard in the last day and a half. Okay. New thing for tomorrow. Push this episode out. No. Time stamped to when we start talking about this and push no. that out as the new te- new page. No. Okay. All right, then. Should we move on? Yes. I think you should draft an apology letter and push it out. As the no. New I'll tell you why. <laughs> after, the, after, after we stop recording, I'll tell you why that's not happening. Um, Oh. Chris, why don't you talk about Extreme? Extreme Networks, a proud sponsor of the K-12 Tech Talk podcast. Uh, our good friend, Dominic Mayer, is the guy to reach out to at Extreme. Mayer at ExtremeNetworks.com. Uh, I was telling Josh before we hit the record button, uh, I got a bunch of eight-port uh, Extreme switches. I uh, got basically one for each of my guys. There's three of us. I uh, got those configured and, and put into place so that we can... Uh, not play around, but be able to test some things from our desk. Uh, and it is official. Uh, I have moved every switch in our district from HPE Aruba, uh, HPE, HP, uh, over to Extreme Networks uh, since July. And I'm pretty excited about that. We still do Aruba stuff with wireless, though. How could they email Dominic? Mayor at ExtremeNetworks.com. All right, Mark, take over the main topic. I mean, the main topic was going to be this, but I think it has just turned into Josh screws everybody's browser up. Yeah, we should really just go back anything. to that. I didn't screw anything. It was a what? setting that was supposed to be set a year ago that due to a misconfig wasn't set, and I fixed it. You know, I do have a follow-up question, if I may. Did you send out any kind of communication or on that page, did you explain that page? I mean, that is the communication. No. Congrats. Here's your new tab. No. Hashtag Josh. It, it apparently was so bad yesterday. Like I said, I was I took off sick day yesterday. My guys were texting me. <laughs> oh, wow. Oh, you, you did sick. it. You did yeah. it on a sick day. <laughs> well, I did it before <laughs> the sick. I did it before the sick day. But the guys were dealing with it still yesterday afternoon. They're like, hey, there, people are really upset about this. You might you might need to change it back that's nearly as bad i'm not i'm not thinking of his name right now but the the guy with the ransomware attack that had the that had migraines didn't come into the office oh yeah interviewed yeah 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 yeah. you guys are are one and the same yeah Yeah. so the 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 new tab (laughs) setting and the smishing happened while i was sick wow wow so you really rise up under pressure it it was it's fine (laughs) it's fine well um uh, on a totally unrelated note, <laughs> next week's special guest will be the school secretary from Josh's high school. 
Um, Actually, about. she didn't complain about. I went over and <laughs> I was, she did not complain today when I saw her. That, that would be great. <laughs> oh man, we do the yep. doorbell thing. Ding ding ding. Oh, I could get yeah. <laughs> it's Josh's secretary. <laughs> All right, let's. <laughs> this is going on. Door rings again. Very... It's an elementary school teacher from Josh's school district. Oh man. Josh did not expect this kind of reaction <laughs> at all. It's fine. It's fine. All it's right. Fine. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. So moving on. Uh, this is a little bit of a listener email, but it is our main topic because it's it's a really hard one. So this was on K-12 sysadmin. Uh, and the topic was, I'm going to try to read the name. This is actually the best part of referencing Reddit. Vorschlughammer uh, wanted to know... Uh, what do you guys do for infrequent but expensive projects? So in other words, he's asking, you've got these big projects that happen every so often, every five, six, seven years, you're going to replace the network. You're going to replace uh, interactive whiteboards. How do you do those projects? How do you plan for those projects so they don't cause a large shock to your budget? Would you Would you believe that's his first name? Yeah, it's last, his, Hammer. his last name is Smith. um i i think that's one of those things that uh you know if you can do parts and pieces at a time refresh cycle wise that 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 helps if you can do it over a two three year period uh but some certain things you can't do that way wireless might be one of them you know you you might want to standardize a one footprint or one model of an access point um i think that's where communication and a relationship with your cfo or whoever holds the finances um, and let them know, hey, three years from now, we're going to have this quarter of a million dollar project. Yeah, it'll be offset a little bit with E-rate, but our out-of-pocket could be upwards of. And then every year, okay, two years from now, hey, yeah. just keep this in mind. This is still coming. Um, that's I don't, I don't know of another way to do it. Yeah, I give uh, once a year a uh, board report that details accomplishments and needs uh, improvements coming up. And I always try to give like the big shot stuff, um, a year two warning phone system, server refreshes, uh, that stuff. There's just no way to get. And, and I, I also push as much as I can through E-rate, uh, and that be just this thing that I planned out, but to try to give a heads up. Couldn't find the mute button there. Um, it's it's a hard one and, and we go through that conversation quite a lot of do you refresh this item all at once for everybody all at once or do you spread it out across multi-years um i think there's no easy answer the multi the benefit of multi-years maybe doing if you're going to do classroom displays or networks um is then you've got smaller numbers every year you can keep it on a constant refresh everybody gets to know their schedule um at least for my district, you know, that's how we do network upgrades. We've got to um, keep our schools on a five-year rotation. So every five or every year, we know how many school networks we got to do. But other things like uh, teacher laptops and student laptops, we do it all at once across the entire district. Um, there's always, I always get the question, I feel like every time, why do we do this all at once? Why can't we just spread it out? Um, one of the benefits though, is that I have negotiation powers when you're doing everything all at once. Um, and so negotiating for, 
you know, the last time we did teacher laptops, we did 5,500 MacBooks. That's a big difference in negotiating than, you know, doing a thousand a year or, you know, however many that is. Um, from a budget perspective, though, one of the benefits that we've really been able to do or, or take advantage of is actually doing more of a like a lease kind of lease purchase where even though we are refreshing it all at once, our payments are spread out over three to five years. So I think my my direct answer to that is if you can spread your payments out, um, but do the swaps all at the same time, you can get the implementation done really quickly. You can keep everybody on the same version, on the same hardware. Teachers like that a whole lot more if the same board is used in every single classroom or same laptop. But if your payments can be spread out, your CFO will like that. Yeah, like a dollar option buyout. Yeah. Chris, what you, do you do that with do? Chromebooks, don't you? Yes, we lease our Chromebooks, um, and we have those on a rotation. And I was going to say, we we do, and this was on this was posted, not related, not related to this, but related. Uh, on K-12 Tech Pro, it was asked about technology plans for your school district. In Missouri, those used to be required. They're not required by our state anymore. Uh, but I still do a technology plan, uh, a five-year plan, and then we have a four-year rotation plan. Uh, and it is a plan that is board approved. Uh, so in there, it says on this year, we're going to evaluate servers. And on this year, we're going to evaluate our phone system. Um, and you can look even at the rotation plan. It says like each building, when we will take a look at printers and copiers, when we're going to take a look at interactive boards. Again, it's not setting in stone dollar amounts, but it is in theory, if anyone's actually reading, looking at the documents and if I'm doing a good job communicating it, uh, I'm giving some heads up about the big projects that are coming. My superintendent really likes leasing. He knows how much money about to expect uh, every year in particular with the one-to-one -one program. Yeah. I think um, from the finance perspective, consistency of knowing what every year is going to be. And if those amounts are relatively stable, the finance folks really like that. Or they really appreciate that knowing what their costs are going to be next year and the year after. This is, I'm going to say a sentence that I hope my superintendent doesn't hear. We have slowly built up a budget line of tech fees and the big projects like firewall refresh, that kind of thing. Looking at it with how much three-year licensing is and how much, uh, what that maximum amount is. And that budget line is close to if everything hit it once um, how much it would all be. And then that lets me have extra. This is, I don't want to say it's, it's not really extra, but extra money so that these big projects coming up, there's actually money sitting in that pot to be used for these. And that was a long, even before I came to the school district that I'm at now, uh, you know, increase, uh, along the way to get it built up as that. Do you find any um, like technical issues if you rotate or you replace things on a rotation? So let's say you're doing interactive whiteboards and you've got one school with, you know, a one-year-old interactive board and, and another school with a five-year-old board. Are you finding any sort of technical issues with that? I don't think we see technical. I think we see jealousy and bitterness yeah. <laughs> yeah. In, 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 in teachers. We've even had like, so we're in the middle of pulling Windows desktop 
So before there was a Windows desktop computer along with a teacher assigned Chromebook. So they had two devices and we're moving towards over these last several years to a dock with a Windows laptop. So we're in our last year. So every campus has a Windows laptop except for one. They have an old desktop computer in the Chromebook. Uh, and there's always conversations about why are we last and, oh, you're taking our uh, our second device because they've heard how it's going at the other place, All the, any, any, anything that could be negative uh, uh, where you wish you could have just dipped it in one shot kind of thing. I have a suggestion. <laughs> Ch change their new tab screen and they'll no. forget. <laughs> I heard all the new interactive whiteboards are coming with a tab that opens up and it's Josh's face. Yep. <laughs> then nobody wants the new stuff. Yep. <laughs> I, I, that's so I, we do our, like I said, our teacher laptops are all in the same cycle. And I've gotten that question of like, well, why, what if we got off cycle and we only did, you know, a portion every year? And my immediate response was, well, then you pick who's first and you pick who's last because yeah. I am not making that decision. I am not yeah. going to be the one to tell a teacher you're going to have to hold on to that one for a couple more years. And your colleague or your friend in another school is getting the brand new one. Mm -mm, not doing that. Because I've even had where the, you know, we have teachers that transfer. Well, you're the, the tech that is with you is with your class. It's not with you. So they left the school with the nice stuff because of how the rotation plan's hitting. And they went to the school that has the old stuff. And, oh, you know, that hurts. That's a real thing. Mm. Well, there was uh, somebody in the comments, Erosion42, Reddit user Erosion42, who made some, uh, made a very, very long post with a lot of really good detail on what uh, they are doing in their school district uh, and kind of talk about all the different technologies and, and how they, they replace them. So that's a really good post. There's also some great uh, ideas on there around doing it per building and tracking the costs, you know, one, three, five to 10 years out. Um, and then, at, you know, as always, there's always the annual versus capital budget. And I think I've found from talking with folks in other states that everybody is financing differently. Um, we do have our annual budget and I do have my capital budget. And I can kind of flex and move things from one place to the other if it applies. So I think that the short answer is you have to know what your finances, your district's finances are and how they work. Um, and then decide what makes the most sense in terms of your refresh cycle um, according to your budget availability in both annual and capital budgets. And that's it. That is the budgeting for infrequent but expensive projects post on reddit um excellent post on there really good comments especially to the uh the very long one from that who, uh, who was it again that posted that that was uh Vorschlag hammer smith <laughs> yeah <laughs> he's he's slightly uh his brother is golden schlager smith right yeah chris doesn't get it mark you i'm sure you get it um, there's a great uh, post on r slash um, teachers called, hey, I need some advice. Uh, my tech director just posted a new tab. And every time <laughs> I go, I have to read his autobiography 
and vacation photos to Alaska from this summer, and I don't know where to find Google. Can anybody help me find Google? Sincerely, Goldenschlager. <laughs> Full disclosure. Our PR person writes those articles, not me. Thank you. How does your, okay, man. How does your PR right. person feel about the decision you made? He has no complaints. <laughs> there was a he sits in the office next to me. There was a uh, hey hey Josh, I did I hit new tab and the internet's coming up. Yeah, he goes oh okay. Oh, all it was. Um, I don't know, Mark. Don't you know. and you and I are battling this sickness right now. Um, when was the last time you took Nyquil? I don't know. I'm afraid of that stuff. I well. I took NyQuil the other night to try and get some sleep because I had a really bad sore throat. I am. It gave me like hallucination type dreams. <laughs> I was, I was waking up every 30 minutes and it wasn't like a, someone's chasing me type dream. It was like a shock to the system type dream, like total weird. It, it was bizarre. So NyQuil. Yeah. You know, now that, I, now that you say that, I took Advil like nighttime last yeah. night, and ooh, really? I, I had some dreams. Yeah, you guys are sick. We need to wrap this thing up. All right, I think, so I think so. What if that was episode one forty nine? Uh, if you have any questions on how to set the new tab screen in Chrome for your staff, let me know. I'll let you. I'll help you out. Uh, you should write an article on that for K twelve. I will. Pro. I that's a great idea. I'll write an article on K twelve Tech Pro for that. Uh, shoot us an email, k12techtalk at gmail.com. Give me, show me some love for this new tab thing. Uh, if you have any questions or topic ideas you want us to talk about, shoot us over an email. We're on Twitter, we're on LinkedIn. Uh, find YouTube. us over YouTube. Yep, you'll be able to see the studio tonight. Uh, when we get it uploaded, uh, let's see, k12 tech pro, find us over there as well. X, we'll see you next week. Thanks for listening. The views and opinions expressed on the K-12 Tech Talk podcast are the personal opinions of Josh, Chris, and Mark, and do not represent the views or opinions of our sponsors or other organizations that we're affiliated with. The material information presented here is for general information and entertainment purposes only. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week.